0: I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. (laughs) Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL
1: Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos.
0: Every single play of every single game impacts you. In some way, shape, or form.
1: It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM.
0: It is You Better You Bet. It is a wonderful football Wednesday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it's you here with us on the BetQL Network. Simulcast for the next two hours by our friends at Stadium. And we got a badass two hours of wagertainment coming your way, getting you set to bet and hopefully win. On Super Bowl 58, we'll get you some soccer bets as well. That's right, some soccer bets. We'll transition from football to football a little later this hour. Give you some soccer bets, and we'll roll through NBA award markets next hour trying to determine, uh, we need like the Beastie Boys thing, right? What the next price is to drop in a bunch of these in a bunch of these markets. So we very much look forward to that and more thoughts obviously on the big game Super Bowl 58 Sunday February 11th aka the Sunday after this one with the Chiefs and the 49ers. Odyssey Sports NFL Insider Brian Baldinger will join us coming up in 20 minutes. Anthony Debundo from uh, the Wonder Goal podcast 40 minutes giving us soccer bets. Our old pal Rick Camp stops by uh, in the Power Hour giving us NBA bets for tonight. We look forward to that. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here in our stadium two hours on this wonderful football Wednesday is our good buddy John Daigle, who's doing awesome work right now as a contributor for our friends, our show sponsor, um, over at BetMGM. And he is on Twitter at NotJDaigle. The beard's looking fantastic. And I joke with uh, with Connor, Allen, and Ryan Noonan all the time. Daigle's got a big head, man, because this dude's on TV all the time. He's on stadium <laughs> constantly, on Live on the Line with our pal Brad Evans and others, weekdays uh, at noon Eastern here on stadium for people that are watching on Stadium. Uh, John, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going?
2: I don't know quite what it is, but I must be doing something right. Cause they do keep asking me to come back. I feel like that's a telling sign. So I will gladly take it. And for my friends here with y'all, I will do my best to properly introduce Baldy because that's really what I, I'm the opening act for the main event here.
1: Well, and, and one thing you're, you're also, John, I think you're the first guest uh, that we've had on this week. That's like, like prop specific stuff like nick's given some props that he likes on the game and we haven't done every show together this week but just like some more specificity some more stuff you're thinking about i was saying this to somebody the other day like the prop markets was like are open everywhere and they're like all open it's like feels like so early but now that it's legal everywhere everyone wants to be first so like we've had these numbers up for a really long time to kind of already think about which is really cool but why don't we just do the side and total first though I think everybody kind of has some opinion of the game right now. I kind of think that team's going to win, kind of like the total, whatever. San Francisco, a two-point favorite, totals 47 and a half. Kind of the first time you thought about this game, what did you think was going to win?
0: I have
2: Chiefs' money line already. And honestly, did I oh. lock it up too early? Perhaps, because... The number will probably grow, and I kind of hate it because it's going to be the square side most likely given how well Kansas City has played because they've had plus matchups throughout the postseason. But for a lot of different reasons, I think the Chiefs have the best matchup here as well. I know a lot of people look at the Chiefs' defense from a full-season spectrum, the EPA, all the numbers, but honestly, you should only look at the 10 games that the three juggernauts, Nick Bolton, Chris Jones, and Legereus Sneed have all played because in those 10 games, against tougher matchups two including these last two playoff contests, the Chiefs are first in yards for play allowed and also first in limiting opponents to a touchdown on only 12% of their drive so far. They've truly been an amazing defense. Not only that, but yes, the, the 49ers have struggled in their last two games of the postseason on defense in particular, but also the way Patrick Mahomes plays and not being turnover prone, literally just limiting all errors on the field and the fact that they've already run into so many tough defenses like Aaron Schatz, who I have all the respect for in the world all he did all season long and rightfully so was talk about the Ravens historical numbers in terms of DVOA defense. And then we saw that didn't even matter against Kansas City whatsoever. And it's not just the Ravens. Everyone talked about how great the Bills defense was and how they pieced together all the missing parts. And I understand the Bills linebackers, they were down to only three active guys in a couple of plays in that game. They were down to only two linebackers available altogether. And that's why Cal was... Travis Kelsey, so easily dunked on them, shallow and over the middle of the field. But the Chiefs have also run into the Dolphins when they're at full strength with Jalen Ramsey, mid-year and Bradley Chubb. The Jets, where they were an elite defense, unlike those last two weeks, when the Jets obviously just started stop tackling altogether and they're all in Cabo getting ready for the offseason. They played some amazing units and it didn't matter at all. The Chiefs still eked out wins. So to me, including with Steve Spagnola and Andy Reid getting a couple weeks to game plan to address their weaknesses in the front seven and stopping the run as a blow average run defense in that span, I think honestly the Chiefs have all the edges here in this game.
0: All right, so John on Kansas City and look, it might be the square side. I I I I like it too. So whatever, we can be squares together, buddy. And hopefully, and hopefully we'll all win. And, like, screw everybody. Who cares what the square side is? Hopefully we'll all end up winning here. So you like Kansas City in the game? Have you given thought to how you conceptualize, like, the total in the game or what, what type of game it's going to be? Because you like Kansas City to win. Is this going to be a game? And I talked about this yesterday. I think this game might get loose at the end, like in the fourth quarter, and maybe push it over the total. Ken was talking, saying yesterday on the show, we had guests on the show yesterday, Eric Eager, I know it's a mutual like friend of ours. Eric was saying that he mm-hmm. thinks this could be not like a 13-10 game, but maybe a game that's more likely to go under the total than the market currently indicates. Kind of How do you conceptualize the game playing out right now as far as scoring goes for both teams? I could see
2: that, especially because we know what both offenses want to be. Patrick Mahomes is amazing as he is, and I don't even mean for this to sound like a negative, but he truly has become the world's best game manager in this offense because they slow it down and they just take advantage of your weaknesses. My one issue for the 49ers and maybe stopping us from getting on the over in this game is a lot like what we saw against Detroit and that Kyle Shanahan does not change his offense to your weaknesses. He just runs the offense. And so whenever we saw Christian McCaffrey, although he did bust out for a couple touchdowns, had a couple explosive runs, we kept on seeing Christian McCaffrey in the first half being run on early downs. And as we all know, because we all broke down that game individually for a week, you cannot run on the Lions whatsoever. And Lions were great. They held up for as long as they could. Uh, And so I do wonder if the Chiefs or if if the 49ers still try to appear on the ground, no matter what the shifts and assignments are in the playbook that Spagnola has coming out in this game. So to me, it does seem like we could be killing the clock a little bit. If it does go over, I'm going to guess it's probably a more of a backdoor option, like whenever my heart broke having the 49ers minus seven and the Lions just on a fork down, jammed it right back down my throat, unfortunately. I would guess that the under is still slightly under is my lean right now, but admittedly no bet on the total just
1: yet. Yeah, and I, I would argue like both coaches too, if you get to your fourth and twos at the 30 and your fourth and threes at the 10, like they, they kick him. Like that's what happens. And like threes oh, instead Kyle, of sevens is, is Shanahan like a, has never
2: way. understood the assignment. That's why it's so funny to hear Dan Campbell <laughs> get all the grief in that game. Dan Campbell was right. the one trying to win that game. I'm not sure Kyle Shanahan was. It's just that the lion secondary is so bad that, and uh, honestly, like, B- credit to Brock Purdy for his second half, too. Those three scrambles, two on third down, were right. incredible plays.
1: Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, you bring up Brock Purdy. Maybe we get into some more player specific stuff here. It sounds like you have some pretty strong opinions on on just kind of strat. I guess strategy is the right word or just how the teams fit together. Um, you mentioned like the Chiefs run defense and maybe they can shore that up advantages that the Chiefs might have. Maybe they slow it down, which is kind of in their MO, especially in the second halves of the games. So how do you see that lending itself in terms of player performance? Maybe we do the Chiefs first it's been like really concentrated right on like a, a very small like skeleton of players right it's like rasheed rice kelsey and pacheco and that's it and it's like never anybody else unless it's the most important player of the game and mvs catches the pass but like besides that it's like every other guy it's like these three players um do you have like a strong opinion which one of the three you'd like to bet over on which one do you think could succeed against san francisco like how do you see casey's offense in this game
2: I know you told me to start with the Chiefs, but I kind of jumble Rasheed Rice and Debo Samuel over receiving yards together because a lot like when we were breaking down the Chiefs versus the Ravens, it's really hard to credit a defense against the way the Chiefs operate their offense and that they run shallow routes that make it so hard for defenders to actually like man up and press you off your line. Like, Rasheed is literally just running crossing routes. And those are really hard to cover because most of the time, unless you're doing man coverage, you're lending that player then over the middle to the linebacker. And suddenly that linebacker's shifting and having to change his assignment. It's just hard to defend those kind of routes. And that's the same way both Debo and Rasheed Rice run their routes. So to me, those are the two safest overs in this game, especially since we all know the 49ers' weakness is in their secondary in that group of cornerback room. Even in the playoffs, we've seen opposing cornerbacks quarterbacks target heavily uh, and it's it's not going to be like a, a prop bet for me but I will say last week I think I'm the one who actually got bet MGM to add it on the book and I don't even know it's probably not even a sharp bet because we all know like the quarterback most likely will win MVP Christian McCaffrey if has a couple touchdowns will win MVP but I did last week bet on the AFC defensive backs For Super Bowl MVP, understanding who the NFC quarterbacks were and Brock Purdy and Jared Goff, both can get shook up very easily, as we've seen throughout the postseason, under pressure. And so I still think Legereus Sneed, as as crazy as it is, I know Patrick Mahomes will probably win it, but Legereus Sneed's sprinkle at 25,000 to one is something that uh, I jumped on just last week whenever they added in the book for
0: Super Bowl MVP. Good stuff. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. We are talking Super Bowl Fifty Eight with our friend John Daigle, contributor for our friends over at BetMGM, and make sure you're uh, following John on uh, on Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it. Lots of good stuff coming up in the near future from our pal John Daigle on Twitter at Not. Jay Diggle. All right, John, so you gave us good stuff on Kansas City. Long shot bet on Snead, uh, Super Bowl MVP. You talked a little bit about Debo Samuel. Outside of Debo, what would you say your favorite San Francisco 49ers-related prop is right now? Even if you haven't bet it, like, what's something that you think, like, I am going to bet this if you haven't already as it regards the San Francisco 49ers in this game?
2: If it's a game where we think Brandon Ayuk and I don't even know if there's a cornerback in the league that can actually man up Brandon Ayuk, but the way he runs his routes. Kendall Vildo. Okay. Yeah, sure. (laughs) As a, as more of a wide receiver, uh, like Legereus need whenever he, like we even saw the Tyreek Hill tweet whenever he joked that Legereus need jammed him all the way to Cancun. Uh, Jarius D will most likely be on Brandon Ayuke in this matchup on the boundary. And if that's the case, again, that leads us to smash Debo Samuel overs. But that also means we need a second receiver to get involved. And if that's the case, I would imagine it's George Kittle. George Kittle was practically shut out this past week as both Ayuke and Debo had success. I can't imagine it's that kind of game to attack the middle of the field against Kansas City. So to me, also naturally, my lean goes to George Kittle- overs as well especially if the Chiefs are trying to focus on stopping McCaffrey in this one
1: uh I've got like a, a couple minutes to go but you, you gave us a long shot bet for a Chief to win MVP for I, I I know everyone started like everyone who does this starts by saying like I think Mahomes is going to win anyway I'm I'm the guy yeah. that's like I don't think he's going to win John so like you have you have a home here if you want to sell not not Mahomes I I think it's un- like unlikely is the wrong word i think it's way less likely than the market thinks that he's going to win if they win especially with kind of how i see the game playing out what do you think about a night like you know brock purdy maybe it's the same thing maybe if they win he wins just he just wins mvp you like debo a little bit you like Kittle a little bit those have been popular super bowl mvp bets and the niners have so many talented players do you have a favorite niner to win mvp maybe it's somebody at a long price maybe a defensive player maybe not here in about a minute
2: and usually like Cooper Cup with Matthew Stafford a couple of years ago. You just ask who's can score two touchdowns, who can dominate the game like in that route if Christian McCaffrey were to get shut out. And to me, that is Debo Samuel. Like the fact we have multiple ways to score touchdowns, both rushing and receiving. Uh, I would think that he is the one who could poach the MVP from Brock Purdy if that's the case, not Iuke or George Kittle. It's hard to get there for a defensive lineman. Like I understand Nick Bosa will be there, but we all have seen Patrick Mahomes throughout this season, not just in the postseason, work his magic. He seems to evolve every year, honestly, and the magic he does in the pocket and just avoiding being sacked. It doesn't lean me to think any defensive lineman for the Niners can win since Mahomes just goes so good at shedding those tackles and extending play. So I still lean at Debo on the 49ers side. If we do get a defensive player, I I think it comes from the Kansas City side. So I'm very glad to hear that you think Mahomes like maybe the one that could go overlooked, if only because we also know that's not the way the offense functions. Like Mahomes in a 300-yard game just doesn't happen.
0: John, let's close oh. with this. We have o- we have you only be, You and me, you and me, John. You and yeah. me were are like this. The pod. <laughs> yes,
1: I Totally agree, uh, yeah.
0: We Love only here. have 30 seconds for the answer here and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit if you don't have a great answer it's okay. You're big fantasy football guy. Do you have like a lesson learned coming out of this fantasy football season to take it the next season or like a fantasy football hot take for next year as we head into the offseason, like 15 to 30 seconds max?
2: You're going to want to pad your quarterbacks, but we're never going to see a season like that where literally every quarterback gets injured again. So stick to your one or two. It's just fine. Also, we did learn a big lesson in the running back dead range in rounds three through seven practically. So basically after round six or seven, keep targeting those James Cook Rashad White types of players that did get there for us because they are athletes who catch passes with no competition. Those are the three tangents you're looking for. That's it at running back.
0: Yeah, I I had a... I didn't, I didn't even make the title game in any of my leagues this year, and I play in double digits. It's very disappointing. Uh, John, this was not disappointing having you on the show. On Twitter, at NotJDaigle. Right now, contributor for our friends at BetMGM. Make sure you're following John on social media for the latest on our pal, John Daigle, and we appreciate his time on the show. Coming up next, Odyssey Sports NFL insider, Brian Baldinger, breaking down Super Bowl 58 with Nick and Ken.